How you doing, everybody? This is Dennis Michelson. Welcome to the Data Lab here on For Frequency Sake. This is where all the data gets crunched so we can hopefully make you a smarter fantasy football player. And we're using the scientific method. That's what makes our look at the data different. Why are we using the scientific method? Well, you got two scientists. What do you expect us to do? I'm a meteorologist and my partner in crime, joining me as he does each and every week here on the Data Lab, is the Professor John Bush, who is a biologist. John, welcome back to the show. Hey, Dennis. Uh, we're in the semifinals. I know you made made a lot of the dances. I did too. Uh out of about 50, I'm alive in 20. So we'd always, you know, we're always greedy. We never bet enough on the winning horses. And I feel <laughs> the same way. You know, you always do, regardless of what happens. Damn, I should have doubled or tripled my bet. I mean, that's just, that is just gambler's remorse. It always happens. You know, I rarely think, you know, I should have bet less on that long shot that, that ran 12th. You know, I don't think that way. I always, I get, it's that greed in me. Boy, I wish I would have doubled and tripled up on that trifecta or whatever to really got greedy. So greed uh, makes me dissatisfied with making 20 out of 50. And yes, they, you know, if I can get, if I can get six or seven championships, I've doubled my money. And if I can get a four, then I've made money a little bit, you know, maybe 10, 15%, which these days in the stock market, if you ask your broker, is 10% of my money pretty good these days? They'd say, yeah. So they, your broker may be trying to, uh, you know, hit his portfolio at the fantasy and draft Kings. So, uh, you know, that's what I say. I'll take any profit, but I always want more. So anyway, uh, I'm sorry about your Scott Fishbowl. Uh, you know, uh, you were in the running. You had a great run. I do. I give you a clap for that. Uh, and I was proud that you represented us proudly. I don't think you certainly did not, you know, make us out to be a bunch of bumpkins out here in the science of fantasy football. I think you carried the flag proudly and I, I do want to say I appreciate the slings and arrows you had to deal with uh, on Twitter and everything, putting up with it. But I think it was great that you made it as far as you did. Crazy season. Um, Javante Williams was a player that I I sort of – I took him and then I regretted it. You know, it's one of those things <laughs> yeah. where he yeah. was he, – he was – far past where he should have gone in the draft in my opinion. And so I did take him, even though he wasn't one of my hot RBs that I was looking at, he got off to a good start. So I was feeling good about that. And then injuries knocked him out of the running. And then the the Broncos offense just falling off the charts, but I did do the right thing. And I had backed him up with Latavius Murray when they added him so I yep. was in good shape. I added Marlon Mack when he came yep. aboard as another one. So I had my layered system working. Yes. If I had followed my play <laughs> in both yeah. and I had grounded my wide receivers in bad passing offenses, which is 
my usual way of, of going, I'd still be alive. But finishing 518th out of nice. out of 3,000 nice. teams, winning my division, um, yeah. I, I feel pretty good about that performance. And it, I always say when you join a new league with specialty rules, and Scott Fishbowl is always changing rules, and it takes you two to four seasons to really get used to a new format. And what I love about this league, well, first of all, I love the fact that it encourages so many people who are doing well in life to to remember that they, you know, I don't want to use the word owe it to their fellow man, but for those who have been less fortunate, it's always a good idea to help out others. My dad taught me that at such an early lesson in life, early age in life, taught me that lesson that there's always somebody who is struggling more than you are, even if you are struggling in life. And if you're doing really well in life, there's a lot more people that are doing less well than you. And, you know, he used to always make his charitable donations at Christmas time before he figured out how much he could afford to buy us presidents. And yeah. that was the right lesson to learn in life, to take care of your fellow man. And Scott Fishbowl does such a great job. Scott Fish, uh, running this, does such a great job on his own of buying so many toys for Toys for Tots, but also encouraging others not just, hey, throw me money and I'll make a donut, you know, I'll take care of it. He wants you to get active in your local community, uh, giving a donation. And that's such a great reminder that we need. And it's a great community of fantasy football goofballs, both the so-called experts, you know, who write for websites and the fans who do just as well as the so-called experts. But it was a great journey. Um I learned one important lesson in my diary, and that is don't change my stinking mind. I got (laughs) Marlon Mack on the team so I could play them both this pet this week. And I got Chiggy. I got Chiggy because I was worried about Mr. Fryermuth and his ankle. And I was going to play Chiggy ahead of Muth. And then I was like, nah, Muth has gotten me here. I'm going to, Dance with the one that brung you. Well, sometimes you got to leave the ugly well, date at the dance. You got to get rid of, yeah. You know, find That's that right. find yeah, that beautiful yeah. girl. You know, like, like I did with my yeah, wife. Okay. Dennis. So anyway, of the, course, the whole... Stacy is very sweet, Stacy. So you need to chastise him, uh, <laughs> joking, tell him that's no joke. <laughs> this is this is really true. I I would always dance with the Stacy that I brought. That's for of sure. Course, uh, of yeah. course. yeah. But anyway, yeah. long story short, on the Scott Fishbowl, it was a good adventure. Uh, if I had benched Campbell, played both Latavius Murray and Marlon Mack because I couldn't decide which one was going to score more points, so what did you do? You play them both. And yeah. if I played Chiggy and benched Muth, I would have been in great shape. Yep. Hindsight is always twenty twenty in fantasy football, but it I was re- I went to log on to change my picks back, and then I said, "Nope, 
every time I've changed my picks in the last 10 minutes, <laughs> I've screwed myself this year. So I didn't so do right, it. So right, right in your diary, this waffling at the last minute, oh. you know, you and you're not the only one. It's like the level of pressure goes up and the, that really puts uh, all of us as humans, right? You know, the saber tooth is coming for us. What the hell do we do? Do we jump in the river? Do we, <laughs> do we jump up the tree? What do we do? And sometimes, you know, if we jump the tree, the branch may break. Or if you jump in the river, the alligator may bite you. So, you, you know, it's, 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 tr- it's a tricky, tricky business making decisions uh, under stress and chaos like that. Yeah, and I had guys that were injured. They were questionable. Are they going to play? They were still less than as questionable going into Saturday morning. I had oh, yeah. I had that Buffalo weather situation that could have been worse yeah. than it was. I mean, they could have gotten in the, in the first quarter what they got in the fourth quarter really easily. That lake effect boundary was just hanging a few miles north of the uh, the ballpark for the first three quarters of the game. There were a lot of factors that on Saturday morning when I had to make that decision of playing Campbell that I, I didn't want to be stuck without a player. So, But I should have realized, hey, even if I'm stuck, I got Latavius and Mac that can go in there and they're probably going to get 20 points between the two of them because – they're going to have to run all day. But anyway, great run in Scott Fishbowl. Yep, I yep, just wanted sorry. to make the playoffs this year. That's all I wanted yeah. to do. You Winning the it. division was gravy and, and all that. Speaking of concern about weather. Oh, weather. That's a and, and, oh. <laughs> and Dennis, when you said Saturday morning issues, I was just thinking, you're talking about this weekend, aren't you? It well, is really, really bad. Yeah, it's bad. It's bad. Yeah, and this is this is a a case where timing wise of the storm, it could have been worse because if it would have hit the Midwest and such a wide swath of the of the country on Saturday rather than you know happening on Thursday night into Friday as it is, that would have been even worse for conditions because you would have had snow and wind and you might have had cancellations of games and you know, throw chaos, uh, you know, uh, into the, to the mix, but our main weather feature that's going to be left over for the Saturday games. Now with Christmas being on Sunday and only a couple games on Christmas day, the main problem is going to be extreme cold. And this is where weather effects and fantasy football need more research, but it's so difficult doing oh, yeah. our research because we don't always have an airport that is close enough to the game site to give us reliable information. Um, and that can be a big difference at a lot of these uh, stadium sites. Yeah. So before we uh, did this podcast, folks, uh, I went and asked the question on Google and there is at least one site that popped up first. They did a uh, game point study in temperature, and there and the temperature was looks like from zero to one hundred uh, f- uh, Fahrenheit, so awful cold to awful warm, and they concluded no effect. But 
Dennis and I are like dog, hungry dogs on a data bone. He and I both looked at it, and we we definitely carved out the extremes uh, about fifteen degrees or less. And it looked to me like there's 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 some meat on that bone there, and I think they probably overstated the whole case, especially in the extremes, which is, you know, in stats, you have kind of what's expected. Then you have the tails, right? The so-called fat tails. And it looked to me like the, the extreme cold. I, I, I think there's something going on there. And Dennis brought up uh, uh, not only temperature, but, the speed of the snow, if it's snowing, the speed, the visibility, uh, the wind. I mean, so it was the first study. They concluded no effect. When I looked at it, I, I saw some things that were suspicious. The data levels were low. So, you know, we're as with all fantasy, we never have enough data points to feel great about anything. But right now, the way I looked at it, and Dennis can comment on, he saw the same data, that there's something there, and it looked a little bit pessimistic. Uh, looked like about uh, most of the games tended to be, uh, if you look at game total, uh, you know, maybe 20, 25 points for each team at best. And it looked like a lot of teams were below that. In other words, it looked like there was some effects going on with the very cold temperatures. And, and ironically, um, and I didn't tell you about, you know, we didn't look at the data. I told you where my number mm-hmm. was before mm-hmm. we looked at the data. And when I did a study from about 2010 to about 2015, for the sites where I did have an airport close enough to the stadium that I felt it was a good guesstimate. Um, and again, being a meteorologist, there's a big difference between five miles away in the San Francisco Bay Area and five uh-huh. miles away in Green Bay, Wisconsin. So uh, yes. be- because of the way the terrain is, the way the water is, the way the, the land is shaped around the water and all kinds of other things. It, you you need a an airport closer to Santa Clara, California, in the stadium than we have it to really make a definitive word on San Francisco. Green Bay, I feel pretty good because that's a pretty normalized area when you're looking at weather. And what I discovered, and again, I didn't do a very elaborate study because there wasn't a lot of data points, but what I noticed, and I, I looked at fantasy football scoring of running backs and wide receivers, didn't look at quarterbacks, and I didn't look at tight ends. I looked at running backs and wide receivers, and what I saw was actually kind of curious. Not only was there a drop in points as you went much, much colder, and that was below 15 degrees, what I saw was really interesting, and it makes sense when you think about it, when you were a kid playing out in the cold, I saw a drop in volume. So running backs got less volume in the super cold air. And, you know, you get hit 
at 10 degrees versus 45 degrees, you're feeling those aches and pains. When you're breathing heavy in 10 degrees, running up and down the field, it's hurting your lungs and forcing you to be weaker. You're losing body temperature quicker at those real cold temperatures, and that makes your body weaker. So it all made sense. And now to see this drop in team points, now I'm wondering, well, was I seeing you know, the right data? Was I studying the right things? But what you do see is as it gets extremely cold or in my study, extremely windy, over 17 miles an hour. And the more of a crosswind component you had with the field, the more that wind seemed to bother the passing game especially. But as the, t- as the winds picked up, as the temperatures dropped, as the precipitation intensity increased, whether it was rain or snow, it dropped the point outing, the points. And it makes a lot of sense when you think about it. And we're going to be looking at some really cold temperatures. Now, Kansas City, I heard people talking about, oh, it's going to be zero to five below at game time. No, that was the low temperature that morning. It's going to be up around the teens by game time. But there, but even then, it's going to be probably below 15 most of the game. So it is going to affect the scoring. And, you know, games like out in uh, uh, New Jersey for the, the Thursday night game tomorrow night, it's going to be a nasty night with a strong crosswind, some rain coming, which could be heavy at times. All of these factors add up to adding uncertainty and we don't like uncertainty in fantasy football. Yeah, and I'm trying to, and I'm still befuddled on exactly what I need to do. There's just a lot of pieces. I think on the mainstream, uh, most people are are focusing on quarterbacks with Jalen Hurts' injury. Uh, Matt Ryan is getting set down for Nick Foles. There's some other... Uh, tweaks as well might be out there. We're thinking, you know, maybe does Russell Wilson come back? There's just a lot of uh, don't know if Colt McCoy gets out of concussion protocol and uh, he can play over, uh, was it McSorley? McSorley, yes. yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're going to feel McSorley if you have to rely on him. But, uh, uh, you know, there's just four or five situations that are uh, going to be real tricky for the quarterbacks. And so uh, what I came to the conclusion right now, today, Wednesday, 21st, I think I need to focus on the floor versus quit worrying so much about the ceiling right now. Usually – I try to juggle both of those, and sometimes I am enamored with the possibilities. And right now, with the data I just kind of quickly looked at with Dennis's study, like I said, the data we, we looked at it from another place, uh, uh, I'm, I'm feeling more conservative now than I did before I talked to Dennis and before that. So I'm thinking more what's my floor where, you know, more. So I guess maybe 70, 80% of my efforts will be trying to figure out that floor versus it's probably the other way on most good, good game days. 
I'm thinking, man, who's going to get two touchdowns? You know, that kind of thing. The, you know, how many touchdowns is Kelsey going to get me in my leagues? That kind of thing. I'm thinking, you know, you know, he's the safe one. So it's, you know, if you got um, Kelsey, you're in, you're in good for the tight end. I can't say the same about everybody else. In quarterbacks, there's a lot of things happening, and I've got to do some serious thinking with Jalen Hurts. And I heard today they said, hey, he could wake up Saturday and it's a go. So unless, the, unless you hear officially he's out, it could be a game-time decision on how he's feeling. And I, I hate game-time decisions. Yeah, and he could start the game and yep. they could quickly pull him. I mean, there, there's a lot of, again, a injury situation like that just adds another level of uncertainty. We hate uncertainty in fantasy football. We already are playing with an oblong ball that bounces weird. We don't need to add any more yeah. uncertainty to the lineup decisions um, with injuries and everything else. But here's a strategy I love using in the playoffs. You've got some guys you know you're not going to use, and this is a deep roster uh, strategy more than anything else. But even in a thin roster situation, if I look at my opponent and his two quarterbacks are two guys that are banged up, and I've got guys on my roster that I'm not going to use that week, I'm going to load up with what available, the two best available in a, in a skinny league, skinny roster league, I'm going to get rid of my two lowest scoring guys who I know I'm not going to play this week, probably not playing next week because of injuries. I'll take a chance of losing them to free agency. I'm going to get the quarterbacks that are available that are like the two best replacement quarterbacks. Now I'm going to grab those guys and I'm going to play keep away with my opponent. I did that last week in one league where my opponent had injury problems to the max. He ended up having an empty quarterback slot in his league, in his super flex league. Uh, it was a super flex league. It's a deep league. We have huge benches. We have 14 teams. We start a lot of players. He ended up without a quarterback. He started the season with four quarterbacks that were either – Starters are likely to get playing time because of backups. So he had he had Pickett on his team. He had um, Lamar Jackson, and uh, his third guy was was Kyler Murray. So he he had yeah. three great quarterbacks, and then he had a fourth backup, um, which was Colt McCoy. But of course, he got hurt. So yeah. you ended up with this situation where I could keep a couple of backup quarterbacks away from him. So I did, I grabbed him and, and that ended up being a, a good way to do it. Did the same thing in a dynasty best ball league, picking up McSorley and Foles today. So you've got to play keep away with your opponents this time of the year and take a chance of floating a guy, even in dynasty, you know, guy that's hurt that you might want for next year, but you don't have an IR slot in this particular league. We don't, do IR slots to force you to make a decision. And I dropped a promising rookie who was on IR, hope to pick him up after the season. But again, you got to play keep away with quarterbacks. It's a good strategy. And a lot of the strategy decisions you should be making 
in the playoffs come down to the professor's efficiency data. Professor, your efficiency data this year has led me to so many good decisions, and it's something I'm going to be leaning on with my 15 teams that are in the final four. That's that's good. Uh, I do, before we get to that, are we picking up Minshew? Yes. Yeah, I, I would take yeah. Minshew. Minshew yeah. was not available in this, this Dynasty League. Somebody yeah. already grabbed him. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I'm taking my chance on Minshew. Um, mm-hmm. Do I like him as well as Hurts? Of course not. You're, yeah, no, no. But yeah. okay. he's got a little – He's got a few yeah. of the same similarities. Yeah, okay. Well, uh, actually, and I'll just tell one of my secrets. I don't think anybody's listed this play to my league. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty good about pretty in San Francisco. Yes. I actually took my fab money in the leagues I could spend a lot, and I always look at how much my opponent pads on his fab so i just go a dollar over that and i did all that and i grabbed him uh you know uh and just said you know if he grabs men shoot it works out good for him but see with the fab situation round one you can go you know you can take your money and get the best but he's gonna have multiple in other words after you got yours, you can't get another pick until that round is over. So most likely his second choice will be gone before you come around to your second. In other words, you can't grab both. It's not a, a free-for-all. It's a fab situation. So, you know, it goes kind of around the clock and then it starts again. So most likely, uh, if I grab Purdy, then he'll probably – Give his Minshew the guy that has I'm playing against with hurt. So I said, you know, sh- you know, it was my choice. Which one do I want to block him with? And I was thinking the weather is going to be pretty good in San Francisco. Uh, Purdy had, you know, pretty good weeks, and it just seemed to be the best choice for my my decision. So that's just letting y'all know that's what I did. If he was available, if not, then I probably did grab Minshew, but uh, Purdy was my my go-to first shot at blocking. And it's a pretty good pick because he (laughs) has been pretty good the first Mm -hmm. few games he has played, and he's got a pretty good matchup, but you're right. He's got pretty nice weather weather. as well. So, uh, no, I I would definitely take Purdy over Minshew, but I wouldn't be afraid – of playing Minshew in a pinch if I had to. Yeah. And yeah. and kind of cool, though, well, a little side note away from real football and even real fantasy football, uh, Minshew was really tight with the Mississippi State coach, Mike Leach, who passed oh, away. And uh, right. Minshew was actually giving the eulogy at Leach's funeral and was allowed permission to leave practice for a couple of days to go down there. So... Uh, kudos to the Eagles and putting, you know, life ahead of football and same with Minshew. So, uh, and besides, he's got plenty of reps in with the practice squad. He'll yep. have plenty of reps when he gets back from, you know, for the final practice. He'll be ready to go if he has to go in there on Saturday. 
Yep, that's what I'm thinking. Okay, efficiency. Just to let you know, I will be putting out my Thursday uh, uh, daps and all my analysis for the Thursday and will include some efficiency stats we'll talk about in just a second. And uh, then in my uh, uh, my Saturday-Sunday game, I'll have the efficiency information as well. So it's all coming uh, uh, very soon, next couple of days. And uh, I want to start here, Dennis. I was just showing you who's been so-called improving in the last three games and declining in the last three. And I'll, I'll put this chart out. Uh, so Indianapolis, I mean, I, I understand they're getting rid of Matt Ryan, but just on yards, not winning games. And I understand the coaches want to win games. We're fantasy. We like yards. Uh, Indianapolis is number one in uh, uh, improvement over their last three games versus the season. Green Bay is hitting the right sweet note as number two. And Denver, believe it or not, uh, is number three, Miami four, and Jacksonville five. So, you know, and there's some others too. And the problems, uh, Baltimore, yeah. New Orleans, yeah. The Jets, because they've been flip-flopping with different quarterbacks Wilson, White, and that's that has not helped their journey. Atlanta's been Atlanta. And the Chargers have been having issues in Washington. So those are more in the last three games using my metrics. And, again, it's not winning games, right? This is just looking at metrics, yards per game and points scored per second. Come uh, combine there, so I kind of shoehorn those stats in and make a, a, a ratio metric I invented, and that's what I call efficiency there, Dennis. So I don't know if you want to comment on that, but oh, I spotted a pattern in this data already. Okay, so what's there's the four four teams that are improving okay. that are in your improving yeah. class that yeah. I like more than others Miami Dallas New Uh England and Uh Cincinnati and the reason is I see that they are yeah Yeah. they're improving they're improving from a pretty high total yeah so so while I'm uh, I'm encouraged by Indianapolis Green Bay and Denver they were so pathetic they were pathetic that they had to improve Okay. But Miami, uh-huh. Dallas, New England, uh-huh. and Cincinnati uh-huh. were already plus teams versus the average in the league, and they've gotten better. Those are the teams and, and, that I'm and, really and, happy and, about. And Philadelphia is right there. Yes. Yes. They're kind of the, you know, they, they're they the team in waiting there. So, yeah. Yeah, that's that's interesting. And I see what you're saying. And, you know, I just – I can't think about it all. It takes a while just to get this out. But uh, I wanted people to consider that in the matchups this week. And, and Washington. Then, Washington declining from a low total 
yep. has me really worried about yeah. using too many people on the Washington commandos. Yeah, they're, that is bad. Look at Atlanta. They had a good season, and they're floundering. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So those are, those are interesting teams that I would trend away from. Yeah. And as far as loving home and loving away, that is very interesting. And by the way, all this metrics uh, efficiency is beta testing. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm just, you know, it may take another year or two to work this out, but I just wanted to go ahead and start using it. And, uh, with any beta test, you know, you give it some thought, be a little bit cautious. And I know people won't tell me everything, you know, give me the winners. I don't care how you get them. And it just doesn't work that way. And, uh, but this, there's a, uh, I found an away bias. And I think everybody's talking about Detroit uh, loves home. Tampa Bay loves home too, folks. So does Pittsburgh. Vegas, Buffalo loves home, Houston, uh, Indianapolis, Dallas loves home, and Arizona. The teams that do better away, Cincinnati and Kansas City, I know, isn't that interesting? I still, that amazes me. Kansas City is does so good away. That just seems like that just is going to get them all the way to the Super Bowl, just having that skill is able to just be dominant away just and Cincinnati has that same, uh, you know, metric as well. They love their away situation and Miami too. So that that's very interesting. I think Dennis, what you think about the, this data? Yeah. And again, I've noticed a pattern here in that the teams, six yeah. of the nine teams that yeah. love being at home play in controlled environments and the weird the outliers there tampa bay always has great weather so that that makes sense but pittsburgh and buffalo pittsburgh can have some wicked wind buffalo can have some wicked weather of all kinds so for them to have a home bias is really interesting you're right the kansas city away bias just a is confusing so to great. me because they have such yeah. a great winning percentage at home. But Again, it maybe this is this is the metrics now. Yeah. This is, you know, this is yards and games. This is not winning games per se. I, but this is kind of like those air yards. It it, it 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 says they're doing really good away. I wonder know, if their defense and, is doing better at home, and that is why they are able to have such a great win-loss record at home because that loud crowd helps out right, with right, the defense. Right, right. I don't know. that That's just a theory, but very fascinating data. Yep. And I have been really, really using this home-and-away bias with Detroit players when, yep. I, you know, I'm always playing oh, the sun definitely. god. Always playing the sun god. But when I've got this, uh, this home bias playing for me for Detroit – I am really loading up on guys like next golf, golf the, and shark and finals, everybody. Yeah, in the finals, they play Chicago under the dome at home. So if you can make it there, and you and I drafted Sun God every which way we could, 
you know, 20, 30 leagues for me, and I know you did as many as you could, we were all over him, and I look forward to making to the finals and being able to play him and probably stacking him with go- uh, golf as well. Yeah. And this, so this I guess data. we should talk about Thursday because we're going pretty long. Yeah. Yeah. Let's uh, give a quick okay, uh, look so here this at, is at Thursday. Thursday. And they are okay, dropping first, the. Okay, first, it is a squirrel game. So, yep. <laughs> Definitely a squirrel. So, it's a squirrel game. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know the latest. This was a day or two ago. So, it's, you know, I, I just use, you know, if it's, it, it was at 41, if it's dropped down to 39 or 40. I mean, to me, it's t- selling the same story. Don't expect Wait. a shootout. And are you ready for and, this? What's it's dropped over- all the way to 36 and a half today. It, wow. was, thir- it was 38 yesterday. Wow. So, so it, it has been steadily because dro- I got this like Tuesday or Wednesday. Wow. That's crazy, man. Yeah. That's and they're going to have a they're going to have a 17 to 25 mile an hour crosswind. They're going to have some periods of heavy rain possible during the game. This is this is the worst case for our fantasy football situation. And when Vegas is dropping the line, that is a real tell on that side. And then you go ahead and you look at Jacksonville, and all of their players are going to have a tough, tough matchup as well. So it really adds up to to being in in a little less of a jump on you know this is not a week to jump on a lot of Jacksonville players especially in uh, daily fantasy yeah uh somehow I didn't my thing didn't copy all that Dennis yeah I'm glad I went back to this you see it it, it didn't copy all that so there it is but anyway so let's talk about uh the daps and then we'll talk about the uh, efficiency to try to put it all into context here. And uh, I'm correcting the figure even as we speak. So, uh, come on, John. Uh, 41 is, is so 36. Oh, my God. So is that weather? It's all weather. Yeah, that's that's, that's all weather related. They're yeah. they're looking at this uh at the wind and the rain yeah. and saying this is going to be a lower an even yeah. lower scoring game than what they were expecting early in the week when the forecast was less certain. So, yeah, it was already a squirrel and now it's uh It's a, a real <laughs> it's a wounded squirrel. It's a wounded squirrel. This is like oh. a forty-seven-pound wounded squirrel who's hungry. Yeah, uh, yeah, he's he's a nasty one. You don't want to be dealing with. So Jacksonville against the Jets. The Jets are extra rough and tough against rushing and passing wide receivers. Quarterbacks tough. Uh, Jacksonville. Evan Ingram is the only one that has a shot at doing something dramatic, and he has been doing pretty good. So I guess if I had nobody else, he might be a play for me Thursday. Uh, he, he's definitely streamable this week, even under these crazy 
conditions, you're just assuming they can get close enough for him to get his shots. But the Daps say he has an opportunity. The Jets against Jacksonville, Jacksonville's extra easy for passing, extra, uh, well, not extra tough, but tough on their rushing. And last week with Bam, Bam was more little Bam, not a big Bam at all. And I know he got hurt, and Carter didn't do much, and they didn't even have, I don't think Robinson was even active, so I have no clue how to play those running backs. And given the 36, given the tough scenario, given the Thursday, I'm not sure how much BAM I'm playing. And maybe I'm not sure how many quarterbacks. I guess if I'm in a bind with Hurts and I can't play anybody else and nothing's on the waiver wire, I I guess I would play. But I'd hope to find pretty – Pretty good quarterback in San Francisco, I think. Yeah, I'd be in quarterback avoidance mode in this game. Uh, I do have Ingram in one of my uh, semifinals uh, at tight end. My theory is that, uh, you know, they'll have to move the ball. Uh, If they can't run it because of the tough defense that they'll have to throw and throwing short is usually more of an option in lousy weather. So it it all adds up, plus they have a hard time defensing that. So uh, I'll take a shot at Ingram, but I am in avoidance mode elsewhere. I've got my Marvin Jones and my Zay Jones both on the bench. And um, Trevor Lawrence, I guess if he was my quarterback uh, in one quarterback league, I'd have to play him, but... I wouldn't be liking it. I'm certainly benching both kickers in the bad weather. Uh, as far as the Jets go, I'm probably playing Wilson and hoping for the best. I don't feel great about it, but if I don't have a better option than Wilson, and in one Ooh. league I'll play him because the only other wide receivers I have are Higgins, who's banged up, and I've got uh, Lockett, who's out. So... Um, Diggs is obviously going to be in my starting lineup, but I'll play Wilson and take a shot at him. But, um, yeah, kind of a, kind of a weak game that you don't want to be around. You want, want as few players and it's Thursday night and we know what that's been lately. So you want as few players in this game as you can. Yeah. I I agree with all that. I do note that, uh, uh, the Jets, uh, at home, do pretty good at red zone in a normal situation. So, you know, if the rain and the wind is doable, they they may, you know, you might get something out of some of those pass catchers or something. So I'm not, not just totally off on the Jets quarterback, but I'm very skeptical and hoping to find something else. But I think that the Jets do – end up uh, getting some red zones at home. At least that's what the efficiency, but the jets are declining. So you kind of have usually data. that says one thing, then you got other data. that says something else. Vegas says something. So it's, it is continued confusion for me right now. I'm not overly uh, moving towards this game. Even if I do see some spots here for Ingram and maybe some of the Jets' pass catchers. That's kind of what I say right now, Wednesday. 
we'll see what happens tomorrow. <laughs> Good advice indeed. And head on over to the science of fantasyfootball.com. Check out all of this data from the professor for yourself. I should have my weekly values article up uh, in time for you to peruse that. And of course, come on back here next week at for frequency's sake for another edition of the Data Lab. Get to work, folks.